The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network and TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, now in association with IndiePW.com. We're sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. And in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We're found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. You can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, CastBox, and all those other podcatchers out there. As always, I'm Carl Carafel. And I'm Big Joe. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah, absolutely. Now, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling. Before we get to the bulk of our news, though, to do with you, Carl... Let it, let's tell everybody kind of about what uh, happened with you at this CWE show because you got to be more than just a fan in the crowd there. I definitely did a huge thank you to my friend Alex Parr, to Sue Online, and to On TV here in Sault Ste. Marie. The full video has not come out as of yet, but I do know that it is still in the works. But we did get a preview. We were able to get a preview of the Diego Da Vinci versus Vinny Da Vinci matchup where, that's right, your favorite podcaster was on commentary for the entire show. Full video, not released, but what an amazing experience it was. Uh, From what I understand, they were happy with me, I was happy with them, and this is going to be something that we continue to do. So, coming back... Canadian Wrestling's Elites will be back here and doing another cross Canada tour. And they're stopping here on May 24th when CWE returns. And they've already announced their headliner for this next run. And we're looking at the franchise, Shane Douglas. So this is going to be super amazing. Um, Hopefully everything turns out very well with this uh, full video from the show that they're going to release and put out. Hopefully it's received well. Too. So all of you that are listening, I'm going to post links for it once it becomes available. Go and watch it. Show them that you want to see independent professional wrestling on your computers. <laughs> Let it be known that you guys want to see this so that this company, Sue Online and on TV, that they will allow that we record again. From what I understand, Danny, the owner of the promotion, was very happy and pleased with what we did There were a few times where he was actually out while we were doing commentary and you could see him. I could see him in the corner of my eye. He was he was kind of chuckling at some things that we were saying and he was looking over and and he was like had a big smile on his face. And and, and it seemed as though he was quite happy with what we did. So I'm very thankful for that. And I'm sure that when they come back on May 24th, that we will be able to do commentary once again. Super exciting. Like this is something that I've never done before. Um and I'm just, I'm happy to have done it. It was an experience of a lifetime, and I just want to continue doing it. Yeah, very cool, and definitely looking forward to when they come out there next time. Now, sticking with commentary, uh, something interesting is happening with the NWA. After all the fallout with Mr. Jim Cornette, they seem to have found who their replacement is going to be for the spot, and it's a very interesting choice, and we are talking Mr. Stu Bennett. Now, for those who aren't aware of who that is, and if you're a WWE fan, we are talking about Mr. Wade Barrett. So that's who that is. That's who they've got in that spot. Very interesting choice, and I got to say, I think that that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good move. I have to agree with you there. I think it's a very good addition, but 
it seems as though that this is only going to be for the In the Fire pay-per-view. So this could almost be like an interview of sorts to see how he can actually do to possibly bring him in as a full-time commentator. That's what I'm seeing right now. I'm not seeing that he is going to be full-time, but he's just been brought in for this Into the Fire pay-per-view show. We'll see how, how this all goes and if he can kind of help to recover things a little bit because after this uh, Jim Cornetta business kind of happened, if you go onto their YouTube channel and if, if you go back uh, to the first episode and the first few, you saw the numbers were, were pretty up there. Like we're talking in the, in the six uh, digits for the number of views. Like even the first one, they got almost three quarters of a million views. And, and after this has happened, like we're, we're they're plummeting and how many people are watching that. So I'm hoping that this can kind of... Uh, bring some positivity back there because that they that that whole situation really hurt them it definitely did so yeah we're, i mean we're definitely going to have to take a look and see and keep watching this to find out what's going to happen in this case yeah because I, th- I think he's a great choice and he has like, some connections with nick aldis as well so you know they could maybe even do some tag team stuff maybe even have a match between the two uh, that, that would also be very interesting too so there's a lot of different uh, ways that you can go about uh, doing this now that they uh, they have him there, so that's right. Okay, so going from that, Carl, to this has been a pretty big thing. Even just since the uh, not just since we started recording last, but this is something that's been kind of piling up here, uh, an issue not just in professional wrestling, but I mean this is happening kind of all over the place. Social media here. Now the big one that that kind of got this going here was this whole interaction between um, former ECW uh, wrestler Sandman and uh, Jordan Grace from uh, Impact. And him essentially saying that women don't deserve to be in the main event. And uh, that just kind of opened the floodgates to kind of all kinds of crap going on here. I, I don't like, and, and even if people are making the argument, oh, this is all just kayfabe, this is all the narrative, this is all having to do with the story. Why is this stuff happening on, on social media and not during the actual shows or during the TV shows? And WWE is really guilty of this too. And AEW is as well. They recently, they did something with, um, with MJF. He did like a little promo and it only showed on, on YouTube and it was excellent. These guys are doing too much on social media. And these other platforms that don't get the attention, uh, not, at least not the right attention. Very much so. I mean, my whole thing on this, whether it's a work or not, um, honestly, I feel there's no place for this in professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. I get that everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but come on now. After everything that the women have been doing over the last several years, how is the Sandman not seeing the good potential that's coming out of women's professional wrestling with, you know, like names like Jordan Grace that are going out there and really putting on a spectacle for the fans when it comes to professional wrestling, showing that it's not just all the big men in, you know, the, uh, the tights that they're wearing and the big muscles and stuff that you can actually have women that are at the same level and caliber of the men and can do it just the same. Mm-hmm. And, and this isn't the only thing that's been going on too. We've seen more from Mr. ACH, uh, now that he has left WWE, um, MLW supposedly signed him to a deal to, as far as we knew, and he's already quit there. And here's a statement. Now this is going to be a little NSFW just to, to warn you guys ahead of time here. Um, this is right from his social media. I hate you shitty fans that think you know it all. More importantly, I hate the snakes in this industry. None of y'all would never say anything about me to me and all y'all can go screw yourselves. I'm canceling my shows and I am quitting professional wrestling. Again, the stuff being aired on social media, and, I mean, there's just been nothing but negative attention brought to this. These guys just need to, to, to learn to just, oh, to airing, airing all your dirty laundry out there, just, it's, just, it's, just, it's bad on every level. I, I don't like this at all, any of the stuff. Yeah, me either. I mean, any of this social media stuff, I mean, I, I get it. You know, like, it's your own personal social media. You have the right to be able to go out there and say whatever you want on social media. Um, but, I mean, there comes a time where, you know, like, just, it's your personal stuff. You really want your personal stuff being out there all over the internet for everyone to see? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, like I, I don't, I don't want my, all my personal stuff, you know, being thrown out there. If I'm upset about something, you know what, I'll make, uh, maybe make a post about it and be like, Hey, you know, this really grinds my gears. 
But mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, like I'm I'm not going to continue on with it. I'm not going to keep going with it, you know. And it's it's just ridiculous. And then even stuff like this, let's say coming from ACH, hypocrite. Yeah, hypocrite. Because if 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 for those of you who don't know, somebody went out there and they uh, they had they put a tweet out there in Spanish, I believe it was. Yep. And he responded back with "Bing Bing Bong Bong," I don't understand, or something like that. Yeah. Like. Wow, dude, you're you're out there and and you're you're getting so pissed off at this company for being racist, but now you're being racist to somebody else. You yeah. just totally made a hypocrite of yourself. Yep. And I have absolutely no respect for this guy anymore. No, nope. none. Yeah. And the, another thing too that that's been uh, coming up, in, and I guess uh, this is not so much social media, but with YouTube, uh, Mr. Teddy Hart and Maria Manica started their own YouTube channel. And since that has kind of happened, uh, Major League Wrestling has gotten rid of Teddy Hart. Um, this is a guy that's um, if if you're not really aware, you can go and kind of do some research on this. So this guy, for the amazing talent that he is in the professional wrestling ring. The guy has no filter and no perception of what's really going on in reality. I think that's become pretty clear now that this is a guy that, as great as he is, it's like he's determined to torpedo his own career at the same time. Definitely, you're right. I mean, MLW releasing him from whatever contractual agreements they had, this isn't the first time. There are other companies that have done the same. Now, whether it's, uh, you know, him maybe believing too much that he is as good as he actually is yeah. because don't get us wrong. He definitely is an amazing talent, but kind of thinking that maybe he, he sees himself as being more above everybody else. Um, just stuff in the locker room that, that has come out and just, you know, like really chauvinistic type of personality yeah. coming out of this guy right now. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately it seems to have gotten the better of him in a few different companies now. So burned bridges. Way to go, dude. Burned bridges. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you have the, the the last name of Hart. I mean, one of the most respected names in the business. And, uh, dude, you could have had such such, such an, an impressive career and fallen in the footsteps of, of Brad and, uh, and Davey Boy and Owen. And just by choice or just by bad decisions, maybe a combination of the two. It just It was so... Uh, in this new Hart Foundation, they had such a good thing going there, too, and... That I don't know what the future of that's going to be. So it, it, it's unfortunate, and then just that this and it's pissing me off that that this social media is a uh, kind of the the cause of a lot of this kind of stuff too. Which and I think it's getting to the point where they're almost going to have to monitor this kind of stuff closely on a company level when it comes to these talents in their social media accounts. They're going to have to start clamping down on this stuff because it's it's getting out of control. Yeah, it definitely is. Unfortunately, it uh, (laughs) it does seem to be getting out of control. And I mean, that's the hard thing with social media, right? Like, how are you going to be able to monitor what they're putting out on their personal pages? Right? Like, that's the biggest thing right there. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes it so hard. And going more with uh, social media, and now we're talking on the, the fan level, Dealing specifically with AEW, this is something that uh, I see quite a bit of, and it makes my head explode on a regular basis when I see it. We're talking AEW fans, or I guess this is probably likely a lot of people who are very, very pro-WWE and very anti-AEW saying, already, AEW is failing. They're 10 weeks into their TV show, and you guys are already calling it quits already? Like, seriously? Yeah, I mean, again, that's something that, um, you know, like, really? Really, people? Um, AEW is still a small company. They're still growing. They're still within, like, their their first five years. For a successful business, you're looking five years to make success out of something. That's just the way it is. Three to five years, they say, in the business world. Mm -hmm. We're not even at a year yet for these guys. Not even two months. So my thing, it's too too new to determine if they're failing. And why are we caring about this at all? Shut up and just enjoy and watch some good wrestling. We finally have a good alternative to the WWE, and all you Mark Tards seem to be doing is complaining 
over and over and over again about the product that's out there. Just sit back and enjoy that we have NWA, that we have AEW, that we have MLW, that we have Ignite Wrestling with Mm -hmm. our friend Kim Artlip when she's running a show, that we have the WWE, that we have Impact, that we have Ring of Honor, we have ROH, Ring of Honor. You know, like we have all of these companies that are out there. OVW putting out new product as well now uh, on YouTube. We have all this stuff to go going for us in the world of professional wrestling right now. And all you want to do is complain. Shut up. Just watch some good wrestling and enjoy it for that. People going out there doing what you could never do. And putting their bodies on the line. What I've been saying to people too, and of course you know me, uh, it's so hard for me to resist to to try and put people in their place on social media. But I've been telling these fans that have been hating on AEW, dude, if, if you really, really hate it that much, and you are so down on that product, or you think that they don't have storylines, if you really don't like it that much, don't watch it. Go watch something else. Go watch OVW. Go watch NWA. Go watch WWE. If you you think that that's better, uh, like why? just sit there and complain about something that you hate that much, or if you dislike it that much, then just don't friggin' watch it. It's like, uh, this stuff is, should just be common sense. Definitely. It should be. I mean, it's the same like a television series. If you're watching, let's say, um, big bang theory and you're like, I really am not into this show. Don't Are you going to continue to watch it? No, no. you're going to stop watching it and you're going to find something else to your interest. Yeah. That's what you're going to do. So why is it that difficult to be able to do that with professional wrestling, especially when we have so much content out there for professional wrestling right now? Yeah. Again, it's a kind of a product of the times. So there are so many people that have this open platform to kind of uh, bitch and complain, for lack of a better term. And, um, yeah, it, it's making for a toxic environment when it comes to uh, to professional wrestling fans. So I'm hoping that uh, that things can kind of calm down, but things might get worse before they get better, honestly. Maybe. I mean, not to sound hypocritical, but that's kind of what we're doing too, right? <laughs> we're complaining about these people complaining <laughs> on extent. our open platform. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking, well, let's keep complaining, shall we? Let's talk a little WWE and, and this TLC. When I saw um, this kind of statement, it, 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 it was really a head scratcher to me. And we're talking about uh, WWE and this uh, TLC paper coming up and how there's. Now, I think since I put the run together, I think that they've actually announced uh, some more matches, but I think it's still pretty sparse there. And what's really interesting with this is uh, Mr. Vince McMahon's um, philosophy when it comes to, to this stuff and, and waiting. And uh, basically, here is the, uh, the rundown uh, from the inside of Vince's philosophy when it comes to this stuff. Uh, McMahon's new philosophy is that the pay-per-views are all about network signups, as opposed to the limited pay-per-view business still being done. The belief based on patterns of signups is that they are big the last day of the show and not before. So that's, it's, it's a weird justifying it. Basically they're saying, well, because uh, these things are being, the, the, all the buys and stuff are being done last second, that, then we need to throw these storylines and these matchups together at the last second. It's, it's a really weird justification for this approach. Yeah, it definitely is. I kind of what I'm getting from that is pretty much that Vince McMahon is saying after a pay-per-view is when everybody is going out and, you know, getting their subscription because people have been talking about the pay-per-view the day before and people are excited about it. So now people are getting it afterwards. So we want to build that excitement and we're going to keep everything all hush hush until the day before to build that excitement around the pay-per-view to allow people to get it beforehand and not after the pay-per-view it's kind of kind of what i'm hearing from that i could be totally off in left field but yeah that's what i'm hearing yeah it's it's very strange and it's been an ongoing trend with the wwe pay-per-views as of late for actually for for fair amount of time now just where we're throwing these things together at the last minute and people just aren't investing into the into what's going on Whereas we rewind the clock back to when you and I first started watching, I mean, we were building storylines, we were building feuds over the span of, of weeks and months and possibly even years for some of these people. And now we're just throwing things together and it just sits, I, I don't get emotionally invested in these things like I should be. Me either anymore. I mean, 
really storylines have not been built up enough for this. Um, I mean, I think maybe the the, the only real storyline that that you know I'm kind of remembering right now is maybe a little bit of something that's happening with. Uh, uh, the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and The Miz. Yep. You know, like, a little bit of stuff has been kind of going on there. Um, I believe it was on SmackDown. You kind of had The Miz frantically calling home, calling Maurice, yep. you know, because Bray Wyatt threatened family and stuff like that. Um, but there hasn't been enough buildup for it. No. And, I mean, unfortunately, this isn't going to be like the old days. It, it it isn't going to be. And I mean, back in the 80s and like the early 90s, you had build up, you had stories, you had good things going for you because you didn't have a plethora of pay-per-views all the time. You had the time to build these things. And it lately, there just hasn't seemed to be anything for build. And you have some many of the, the top tier talents facing each other in one way or another on a regular basis where the, the approach really used to be to where these matchups between these powerhouse and these household names would happen very occasionally, you know, WrestleMania, SummerSlam. And in between, you know, the, these talents would either occasionally be involved in tag team matchups, but usually not with their the opponent they're going to face later directly involved in the match, or there'd be, uh, you know, the, the squash match, the, uh, the very quick dominant match over a lesser opponent. And that was kind of how you kind of bridge the stuff in between. But now it's just, we have these guys facing each other so often and, and, and whatnot that when these big matchups, quote unquote, do happen, they just don't feel as special because we, we've already seen it. Very much so. And it, yeah, I mean, that's just the way that it seems. It's a continuation of storyline after storyline after storyline after storyline with the exact same characters each and every time. Now, you, you did mention the Bray Wyatt storyline. And what does have me a little bit intrigued with, with that is uh, I think that there could be a possibility when he has this match with The Miz, whenever it's going to happen, I'm assuming TLC, it could be later, that maybe it'll actually be the, not the Fiend character, but it could be the the happy-go-lucky, slightly creepy Bray Wyatt character. And I like that move, and I feel, frankly, that it's kind of overdue. I think that they've actually should have already done that because, as you all are aware, these Fiend matches with the red light over everything here, I, I can't stand that. So it'll be nice to kind of see maybe this Mr. rogers type kind of character having a match to kind of give you a little bit of balance to kind of offset, offset things. Because I always felt that he should uh, be in that character for just uh, the majority of the time, and then the Fiend comes out as kind of a, a special attraction once in a while, not all the time. Definitely, I, I agree with that too. I mean, when you have a character that's got a dual personality like this, you, you can't focus just on the one. You really have to meld the two of them together. They, uh, thankfully, for the first little while, they were doing that with uh, Finn Balor as well. They had Finn Balor and then they had the demon and the demon only showed up once in a while, which was a good thing. So I think that they really need You're You're right. They really need to kind of do that as well. They need to really step back a little bit and allow for uh, Bray Wyatt to maybe take a little bit of the reins here, because I think that this is something that he might want to be doing as well, which is kind of evident in this whole uh, story that's happening between him and uh, the Miz right now. So hopefully that that is the case. Hopefully we we will kind of see Bray Wyatt and not The Fiend mm -hmm. for a little bit of time. You actually read my mind on that because I was just thinking that with the, the, with the Finn Balor and, uh, and the, the Demon character, they, they, they handled that so well in NXT. And then when he came over, it's like they, they forgot what the whole meaning of that other persona meant. The, the, the whole point behind that character was you have regular Finn Balor, okay, and then you have him driven to the point where like at first he's kind of like the happy go lucky Finn Balor and then you push him and push him and push him to the point to where okay now the demon comes out when he went over to the main roster they forgot that whole approach entirely and even actually even just shortly before they 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 brought him out to to have a match, uh, and it just it came out of nowhere. It's like, well, because this is a big show, well, we have to use the the demon character. No, he didn't get driven to the the, the point to where he needed to take on that persona at that point. So that that whole meaning behind that whole character lost all of its meaning because they they forgot how to do it. Yeah, you're you're right. 
I I can't add anything more to that. You're 100% right. So it's, we're seeing that a little bit with this uh, Bray Wyatt and Fiend character. So I'm hoping that they can kind of write that ship there and uh, handle that in a different way. Because if we see too much of that Fiend, it just doesn't feel cool. It doesn't feel special when we see it all the time. That's right. Now, we just had talked about here build-up mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, announced matches and stuff for TLC. I'm going to throw something out here that isn't on the run but was yeah. announced just recently here. So, and I want your take on this. Do you think that this is too early or do you think that this is good time for these announcements to happen? Okay. So, for anybody that doesn't know, Batista and the NWO being Hogan, Nash, Hall, and X-Pac, they will be inducted into the 2020 WWE Hall of Fame. Um, We're looking, it's November, or it's December, I mean, and we've got, what, January, February, March, April, four months to go until WrestleMania, until that time. Do you think that four months is too early to be announcing this? Or do you think that this is maybe a good time, considering that we want more buildup? That's interesting, because it does feel a a tad early, but I I think that that approach would work uh, to go that early if you really wanted to make these Hall of Fame presentations. Like, if you wanted to, like incorporate some kind of storyline or something going into this that makes sense but i mean this is usually just kind of like an awards type thing where you know they come in and they reminisce about their career and whatnot there, there's no real kind of storylines or kayfabeness kind of coming into this it's usually uh just the, the person as the person in these presentations um and we see sometimes how that kind of gets carried away with you know with goldberg mr t and whatnot where these kind of guys just kind of ramble on and on and on but i digress on that um it, it does feel a touch early um but, I mean, if they can space them out enough, I'm okay with it, as long as they don't announce them all over the next two weeks and then we just wait and wait and wait. I think I have to agree. I mean, not necessarily that this is too early, no. but they're going to have to really space it out properly. Yeah. So I know, you know, like years past or whatever, they've gone through, and then like at last, you know, four weeks, they're like announcing, you know, Someone, 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 someone. Like they they keep announcing and announcing and then uh, then you're overwhelmed with it and it's like holy crap! Like how many more? Right? You start to get that thought of you know like oh you just you continue announcing people. Well, how many more? Right? But if they do this, maybe like they've done it this week, and then let it go two weeks, and then maybe maybe throw out another name, yep. and then let it go you know another couple of weeks, and then throw out another name, and then after that you're going to continue to build on those names so you, we're, we're not announcing all the way to the end we're going to announce everybody early yeah. which in this case and and this is just just my my own head and mind going here this isn't actually what's happening but now we've we've got batista and we have the nwo so these these are two names that are going to be in the hall of fame so now we're going to do something about batista and put it out there on the network mm-hmm. now we're going to do something about the nwo and put it out there on the network. So it's giving them more content for the network, which is going to draw more people to get the network because they now want to see who's going to be the next inductee and what kind of special thing are they going to be doing on the network for that person. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. Yep, uh, that, that could make a... Could make sense. And that was interesting too that um, with the NWO one that uh, X-Pac was uh, kind of in there. I, I thought... Uh, Maybe they could have used somebody else, but I, I, I guess it uh, I guess it makes sense. Well, I mean, they're kind of the notable names, right? True. Yeah. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, even from like uh, which ones they have access you know to. DX and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Like they they're really the the click. They're the notable names: Hogan, mm-hmm. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Sean Waltman or X Pac. So, yeah. Having said that now, I know this is slightly off topic or not really on the run. I mean, um, does this mean that Hogan's going to have a match at WrestleMania this year? Probably. In some way, form, or fashion, I think we're going to see the entire NWO get involved in something. Oh, boy. I hope they do that right. Uh, I know there's always been that rumored Hogan Cena match. Maybe they could do something like that. But I've always just said that. I would just be afraid that the, the Hulkster would just explode. Uh, I, don't, I honestly right. don't think that he could take a full-on bump in that ring anymore. But who knows? They, they might do something. I just I don't know if it would be good or not. Um, 
going from that, Carl, to I know we're still a little ways away from the Royal Rumble, but this is a, a topic I like to kind of bring up early and get some speculation going. You know, with um, Ring of Honor kind of being in their position that they're in and they're possibly being, uh, like we had mentioned the other week, of a possible working relationship between them and WWE and some people's contracts kind of up in the air. What kind of debuts or surprises could we see at the Rumble this year? Because you know me, Carl, I like to, especially in this match, I like to see some debuts, I like to see some surprise entrance here. Maybe that means this year that maybe we might get not only one of these, but maybe we'll get a few of them. Well, it's all going to depend greatly on if there will be a collaboration between the WWE and Ring of Honor. If there is not, I don't think that we're going to see any independent names coming up. We may see a couple surprises from NXT, Mm -hmm. but we're already going, yeah, we know that there's going to be somebody from NXT or a few people from NXT that are going to be involved in the Royal Rumble. I really don't foresee any big notable names coming in at all, short of maybe Marty Skrull, if they do, you know, secure a contract for Marty, that's about the only name that I can really think of that might, unless they decide to try to get, you know, the entire villain enterprise with Marty and Brody King and PCO. And, you know, like if they try to get the entire faction, then bring them all in, I could see that. Other than that, crazy. there really isn't many other notable names out there right now in the independent scene that that could really do that, that aren't part of a promotion already in some way, form, or fashion. One, one big one that I've always kind of hoped would, would eventually come over, I mean... It would be tough for him to, to kind of be the character that he is, but I don't, I don't know what his contract status is like, but Tomatonga. I mean, if there's any chance they could get him in, and boy, could you have a feud with him and Roman Reigns. Yeah, you have so much there to already kind of build off of. You bring in a guy like that, I, I think that enough people know who he is that you could get a better pop than the, the Blade and the Butcher did uh, uh, at the AW Dynamite. So I think a lot of people know who he is. Uh, again, you had mentioned Marty. I think John Morrison could probably get a little bit of a pop if they want to delay him coming back until the rumble. Yeah. There, there, there's some potential for some stuff there. And, um, yeah, maybe they'll even have some of these, uh, maybe, maybe Batista, maybe some of these NWO guys could uh, maybe do some surprise stuff. I mean, it, it's kind of wide open and there's a lot of stuff up in the air. So I think that there's a potential for at least one or two of these, uh, surprise things to happen. Maybe it'll be something completely out of left field. Maybe we'll see boogeyman again. Maybe we'll see doink. Maybe we'll see, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really hope that the, that it is something shocking. Yeah. Um, that that really while. does happen. Like, really give us somebody that is just totally off of everybody's radar that will be going holy beep with that, right? Because it really has been a while since we've had those. Uh, the last two moments I could kind of think of, uh, I mean, for the Royal Rumble, the one was with AJ Styles coming in. Uh, with uh, with Roman Reigns being the ring, I mean that was a good legitimate surprise. And outside of the Royal Rumble, the Hardys coming back at WrestleMania, I mean that was uh, of recent day probably one of the largest uh, pops that WWE had. So if they could line something up like that, um, I think that would be really cool. Um, it just depends on on the right guy at the right place at the right time, and then they could really have one of those WrestleMania or one of these Royal Rumble uh, moments. Because I mean that that's one of my favorite parts of that Royal Rumble match is those surprise entrants because it, it really kind of catches you off. And then with the AJ thing, I mean, it was one of those things where we, we kind of maybe suspected it, but when it actually happened, it was really one of those, wow, kind of holy, you know what moments. So yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> I want to see another one of those. It's been too long and it would maybe get me jazzed about watching some WWE programming again, because we will get to that shortly too, by the way. Um, before we do, Let's do our match of the week segment here, Carl. Now, do you want me to go first on this one, or do you uh, want to give your pick? Go ahead. Go first. Okay. So mine is going to come from the most recent episode of NXT, and we're talking the six-man tag team match from the most recent episode of NXT. We had the Undisputed Era versus Keith Lee, Tommaso Ciampa, and Mr. Donovan Dijakovic. 
They put on a really good match, and they did some business there, too. They're setting up a number one contenders match with Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, and Keith Lee for Adam Cole's title there. So not only was it a great match, they did some business and did some setup, and there's a hook there. So it accomplished a lot there, and those are the types of matchups I like to see where it's not just a match and it happens and, okay, we forget about it. It's actually something that has gotten generated some interest. So I get a, it gets a real thumbs up for me on that one. Awesome. And I'm glad that it does. Uh, you know, a WWE product that everybody can still be happy with. Very, Absolutely. very excited for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pick this week, believe it or not, is a six-man tag match. <laughs> but mine is coming from All Elite Wrestling. Ooh. Uh, mine actually was Dustin and the Young Bucks versus uh, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Yeah. Um, amazing stuff coming out of this. It wasn't all just high-fly, flippy crap. Like there was some of that, but that it wasn't entirely what it was. Dustin going out there, putting on an amazing show like he does. He, the guy can still go. And I am super happy to see him in an element where he can use his talents for some good here. Uh, Probably one of the best things that happened during this match. And it's something that's happened before, but it just still excites me every time. Uh, Sammy Guevara grabbed his phone for an in-match vlog. Um, Delivered a shooting star press <laughs> yeah. with the camera in or with the phone in his hand and was super kicked by the young bucks in mid flight of that shooting star press. Yeah. Exciting thing to see. Very well done. Super happy with it. Uh, all around a great match and a uh, in my book. I really love the way that they ended that whole show to that week where they had um, they actually had uh, Jericho actually come down um, through the crowd like normally John Moxley uh, would and uh, kind of did the little stare down. I like the way that they're they're kind of setting that whole thing up there. So props to those guys. Yes, I agree. All right, Carl, we're going to take a brief break here. And we're going to come back with our showstopper segment. That is going to be basically a question from uh, Carl to myself here, dealing with some WWE main roster programming. So we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Evil. Visit CollarandEvil.com where you can get an additional 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, including this week's featured item, the Mirror Pullover Hoodie. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys. We are at that time of the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our show stopper segment. So... With the showstopper segment, Carl, I will turn it over to you to ask this question to me. Definitely. Thank you very much for this platform for me to be able to question you (laughs) this time around. This is something that um, other people have asked me about. So I figured it was time that we bring this up again because we have brought it up before. So, Big Joe, have you been watching the WWE main roster shows lately? And if not... Why? When it comes to Raw and SmackDown, the answer right away is no. Uh, I've been watching bits and pieces of it here. I, I do watch some highlights so that I can stay up to date on uh, on kind of what's going on. But as for sitting down and watching the complete shows front to back, absolutely not. I, I, I just I feel that my time is so much better spent watching NXT, watching... AEW, watching some of these other promotions, OVW recently with our friend um, Franco Varga uh, there as well. There's just there's so much other good stuff there that I can watch and be positive about as opposed to watching Raw or SmackDown and just sitting and just hating it and complaining about it. Now, that's really what it comes down to me uh, with this whole deal. And the main thing that's had me turned off lately, and this is one storyline in particular that uh, maybe once it goes away, I'll, I'll make an attempt to start watching more on a regular basis again. And that's this whole Bobby Lashley, Lana and Russo storyline, that deal that they have going on there. It just, it, it so turns me off of the product. I, I get what they're going for. I know that that storyline appeals to some people, but for me, it's a big turnoff with that, that business and, and, and the show would just, and it just, I see that and the shenanigans going on there. Yeah. Lana's nice to look at. It's eye candy. Yeah. 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 I get it. But it's just it's a dumpster fire, uh, especially that storyline. I know that there's some other stuff that's going on that, that that can be good. Just there's just there's so much more positive stuff going on there in the wrestling business that I just I don't have to sit through and torture myself with the stuff. That's what it comes down to. Yep, I I, I totally get it. I mean, uh, this is stuff that I've seen from lots of other people out there as well. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, other people are saying that they just PBR the show and then they're watching the entire thing in 20 minutes because that's all that's interesting. Yeah. It, it, it's it's unfortunate, but I mean, just it's the way it is. And um, it's something that uh, it's strange because we were for quite a long time calling for some good competition. And now that we've got it, um, I just I find myself watching that stuff more, especially with WWE's main shows being the way that they are. And again, I have to stress the point that I'm not hating on WWE and, and wishing for them to fail or, or just kind of being a bad fan. We want them to succeed. I want them to succeed. But in the meantime, just they're making it for me to not want to watch it. And that's the unfortunate thing. I do still record, well, not raw because I don't subscribe to the Sportsnet channel anymore. But I do still PVR and record SmackDown. So they are still getting some numbers for me. But I just, I can't bring myself to watch the entire things. It just, it feels so much like my intelligence is being insulted as a fan on those shows. And with NXT being as good as it is, and AEW being as good as it is, with Ring of uh, well, Ring of Army to a lesser extent, NWA, you know, with CWE, there's just there's so many great alternatives out there that I just I don't need to continue to torture myself. And when it comes to the negativity, again, bring up the social media aspect, and with uh, with Raw and SmackDown, there's just so much negative stuff going on in social media with people fighting back and forth and complaining and bitching and arguing. I just don't want any part of it. And um, I, I hope that they can kind of get back to it being a premier destination to watch. But in the meantime, it's a no for me. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The word from Big Joe. Now, before we do kind of wrap this up, to kind of um, turn this in the other direction, have you been steadily kind of watching the main roster? And what's been that whole effect uh, with you on this? I have not been watching the main roster at all. Um, I find that I, just like you, have way many other options that I can watch that are out there for me that I'm happy with. Um, To be perfectly honest with everybody, I have deleted from my PBR the scheduled recordings for Raw and SmackDown. Why? Because the WWE is putting out onto their social media pages a... Um, roundup of the entire show on their social media pages. So why do I have to go and watch their television program when they're giving me all the main things that have happened as well? Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, they all have spoilers from fans that are that are just putting their thoughts and their views and stuff out there. So I, I really don't need to watch the programming. Now, don't get me wrong. Sure, the same thing is happening with NWA. The same thing is happening with AEW. But their products are exciting me. I'm not getting anything minus The Fiend. The Fiend character is actually something exciting to me. But that's about it in the WWE right now, short of NXT which I still have NXT and NXT UK that I PVR so that I can watch because I work long hours, different shifts, stuff like that. So it's, yeah, for me anyways, I've totally taken them off of my PVR to, to keep free space on there. I don't even have them scheduled anymore. Wow. So there you go, folks. Um, the harsh reality of, reality of it. And so if you guys have been wondering, there's your answer <laughs> when it comes to that stuff. So uh, hopefully they can kind of get their act back together and uh, and make us uh, fans of them again. Because like I said, it's not that we don't want to be. It's that we're just not drawn to the products. It's not appealing to us, essentially, what's happening here. Yeah. So before we do go, some news to bring up that uh, wasn't initially on the run, but did happen between then and now that we're recording here on on Monday. Uh, We did have some releases on the WWE and here, Carl, who do we got? We have got several releases that have happened. One being Luke Harper, somebody who has been wanting a release for a little while. Another Sin Cara a name that has wanted a release for a while. And then we have Victor and Connor from the Ascension. The tag team is gone from the WWE, WWE.com putting out a post saying that all three or all four members of the roster being released and that they wish them the best in their future endeavors. Wow. Yeah. I think the Ascension one was kind of a, a surprise. I mean, we, we knew that, Harper was looking to be out for quite a while. I think Sinkara has, has wanted out for a little while too. But those two guys, 
um, yeah, it was definitely a bit of a surprise. Uh, you know, they had uh, definitely kind of gotten into that coasting kind of mode where it, it's got to be tough. I mean, you're not getting used and you want to go in there and hone your craft or uh, to, to show your craft to everybody, but at the same time, you're still getting a paycheck from a big company. It's It's got to be a weird kind of dynamic and a weird place to be at when you know, you're, you're making probably some decent money, but you're not getting to do what you love to do. It, it's it's got to be, uh, as a talent, you got to be really f- feel kind of torn inside. Definitely you do. Um, but again, like we've continued to say a lot on this program here today, that there is multiple organizations out there for these guys to go to. So, I mean, sure, monetarily, it's going to be uh, probably a pretty big blow, but money or happiness, right? Yeah. And I mean, most people nowadays are going to choose the happiness. And I think specifically Harper, I think has, has probably made some decent uh, coin working for WWE that maybe not quite to the same level as the, the with Chris Jericho, but he probably has enough money in the bank to where money really isn't the deciding factor. He, he's going to go where he feels like he uh, will will do the best and kind of make a the best impact uh, possible, pun intended. Who knows there? So he could literally <laughs> end up anywhere uh, because, like I said, money likely isn't a factor. He's going to go where he wants to. Um, I wouldn't go as far as maybe saying going down as low as maybe like CZW or too far down the independence, but I think one of these other major promotions, he could he could go over to Japan and probably be, uh, do some really cool stuff there. I mean, he would really kind of stand out there. You get a match with uh, with Archer and, uh, and with Moxley over there as well. You know, so, I mean, just there's so much that uh, he could really do anywhere. I think that he's one of those guys that uh, regardless of where he ends up, I think that uh, it'll be a good thing. Definitely it will be. Um, always looking to see anybody in the professional wrestling world succeed. And, uh, I mean, Luke Harper definitely is going to be one of those names that we're going to keep our yeah. eyes on. So keeping our eyes on people, I want to bring this forward to everyone as well. So yeah. we talked about Marty Skrull. Mm-hmm. And his contract with ROH ran up on November 30th. Yeah. So he's sticking around with the company. For a little bit of time. He's going to be doing a uh, final battle matchup and then the next night's television tapings. Hmm. So everybody can now start speculating from there because it's anybody's guess as to where he's going to go. Is this next night TV taping going to be a uh, farewell send-off that we're going to see from Marty Skrull? Will this be a I've renewed my contract type of Nobody really knows at this point. Um, He could very well decide to stay with Ring of Honor. Um, Lots of fans expecting him to go to AEW. Fans even including myself for selfish reasons. Uh, Jericho Cruz, January 2020. Um, But something interesting from this week's episode of Being the Elite, um, they dropped a a hint that, that Marty Skrull could be going to all elite wrestling. So briefly we got to see Matt Jackson's phone and there were some searches on there. Um, searches stuff like, uh, what's triple H's net worth. Um, and in case you're wondering, it's listed at 40 million, just so you know, um, they looked at, uh, whether or not Britt Baker is actually a dentist. Um, they looked at how do you spell villain? And they also searched out, where do I find a villain? So these are all things that briefly we could see on Matt Jackson's search from his internet history. So a couple quick little Easter eggs there. Um, Something that, who knows, we're going to have to just continue to watch this story. And as stuff like this breaks, we're going to continue to bring it to you guys. And hopefully soon we'll find out where Marty Skrull is going. Briefly on being the elite there, those guys are so good at teasing and uh, kind of getting you thinking on some of the stuff they do. Like we just mentioned there with that, uh, going back a little bit further, I think uh, Kenny Omega was in a uh, hotel room or something, and then somebody had slid, slid a, uh, a paper message under the door. And I forget what the message said at the end, but uh, just at the bottom it said H. You know, and, of course, you know who they're hinting at there. So they, they, they're, they're geniuses of doing stuff like this. It gets uh, people speculating. It gets people talking. And, um, yeah, it's... 
I'm really curious to see now. I mean, I would be really surprised if Marty stays with Ring of Honor, especially knowing all the kind of shenanigans that are going down there right now. I mean, even recently, I guess somebody had gotten a hold of a message that Joey Mercury had put out um, or that he had sent to somebody and it showed a list of people that they're planning on releasing and whatnot. There's... It's there's some strange uh, it's strange days in Ring of Honor, so I would be really surprised if Marty decided to stay there. Um, honestly, because I'm sure that he's probably aware of what's going on, so I'm thinking that he'll probably want to jump ship as quickly as possible. I think. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's um, yeah, something that who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, time is only going to tell. I mean, it, it's something that just. It's got us talking, and yeah. that's good because it's keeping us in business and keeping us going with these podcasts because we just always have a few more different things that we can talk about. And, I mean, hints are being dropped all over the place. Even Marty Skrull is dropping his own hints as well. Yeah. He released a series of uh, photos on Instagram teasing his villain club faction, um, possibly coming to AEW, uh, being like Marty Skrull along with uh, ROH's Brody King, Darby Allen, and uh, Priscilla Kelly. Mm. Um, right in a separate post, he's standing next to Luke Harper, which, you know, we just talked about. He was released from the WWE. Yeah. Um, you know, he, and, and both of them, he captions it, Villain Club with a question mark. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's very interesting to, to really see... Um, you know, what's going to happen with all of this? And, and hopefully something good is on the horizon for Marty Skrull um, because he is right now the most talked about guy in the world of professional wrestling. He, he really is with all of this stuff happening and all of these uh, Twitter posts and these Instagram posts and uh, being the elite and, and all of these different things happening right now. Everyone seems to be buzzing and talking about Marty Skrull mm-hmm. and what's going to be happening. So. As a fan of Marty Skrull, I'm very happy with all of this. And, and just one more thing briefly before we do go for this week here, Carl, on that, uh, that little message, that list uh, regarding uh, Joey Mercury and these supposed names uh, looking at being released, a real big standout to what on there for me was Shane Taylor. I mean, there's a guy that could go over to, I think, especially with, uh, in NXT, and imagine teaming him and Keith Lee up together. You would have a real powerhouse tag team there that could clean up and uh, really do well there. Or even if they wanted to have them separately, that'd be great too. Even if you wanted to have them feud against each other, uh, either, no matter which way you slice it there, you would have something really cool. So he's a guy that uh, that I'll be waiting to see kind of what happens with him too. If he does get released from Ring of Honor, he's one of those guys, I think if he were to come to NXT, wow, it would be pretty damn cool. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I agree. So... All right, man. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, I don't think there's really any other breaking news to kind of mention. So I guess we will wrap up for this week and we will see you guys on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content especially lit up by the flagship show, Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at hittingthemarks.com. Run.